Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning. We welcome you once again to the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough alongside Larry Jager of SCL Mortgage. And right off the top, we will give you the phone number by which you can contact SCL at any time, 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. Larry, I understand you had a better week with interest rates this week. So since the news is good, we'll start with that. We'll okay. lead with that Okay. A uh, very nice week with interest rates coming down. Uh, better interest rates this week than the weather on what Wednesday? Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness! Well, we had our weekly Wednesday snowstorm. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's too severe, true. But. Yeah, uh, but again, uh, this weekend is as we know, it's it's much much better. So, uh, yeah, good to be here, Sandy. Thank you. Uh, we did last week when we talked, interest rates were off a little bit, and that was not. Yeah, they were off quite. Several days in a row. But this week, uh, interestingly, um, interest rates are better. So I think between the two weeks, we're probably back where we were, <laughs> where we were the third week or the third week uh, prior to. So, um, but I was going to say, Sandy, we have, for our listeners that don't know it, we have these programs called a 3 2 1 buy down. And a 2-1 buy-down, depending on what people want. So the way that works is, let's say, for example, your interest rate at today's market is 6.5. You can take that down to 5.5 and 4.5 for those years. So for the first year, it would be fixed at 4.5. Second year, fixed at 5.5. Second or third year, fixed it at 6.5. So we do have those options for people. And they can pay that fee or the seller can pay that fee. So there's lots of options. Even though interest rates are are a little bit higher right now, Sandy, we do have options for people that want to buy or want to refinance or whatever the case. And uh, that makes the the interest rate a little more palatable. So I wanted to get that out there. Let's talk a little about FICO scores. Uh, You said some time back that you're now able to do a soft pull. Right. And for those who weren't listening, and I need a reminder as well, what is that exactly? A soft pull. So, yeah, we have been doing this for, for quite a while, Sandy. And <clears throat> what that means, <clears throat> excuse me, we um, were able to pull two bureaus. And it doesn't affect um, a borrower's FICO score. It doesn't affect anything. It's called a soft pull just because we use those two bureaus. So it doesn't affect anything, and and that's why it's called a soft pull. Excuse me. So, um, And we always do that at application time or when people want to get pre-approved or maybe it's uh, they want to look for a house and we pre-approve them. So we do a soft pull, and that's better for the customer, and um, it's it's better for everything. And as long as we're talking about that, Sandy, um, there's a difference between a soft pull and a hard pull, which I can explain to you about that as well. well why don't we just do that right uh, now? Okay. Because uh, – there are different things that happen, obviously, with a hard pull. 
Correct. So we do the soft pull. That's two bureaus. So with two bureaus, we get a pretty good indication of what the FICO score is, right? So then when it comes time to do a hard pull, um, then that includes the other bureau. So we do have three bureaus that we always have to do. It's called a tri-merge that we do in the mortgage business. Uh, We pull a FICO score from each of the three bureaus. So then that becomes a hard pull. And people say, well, does that affect my credit score or how does that affect me? You know, it it really doesn't, Sandy, uh, really not. Now, if you went out and applied where several different lenders, lots of lenders, now that may affect your FICO score a little bit. But for one pull, one hard pull with us, it really doesn't affect your FICO score at all. So they they don't have to worry about that. But what happens um, is, so I was approached years ago, probably two and a half years ago, by two of the bureaus that said, you know, we would like to sell you trigger leads. I said, okay, well, what is that? Well, when somebody does a hard pull for maybe a lender, maybe a bank, maybe whatever on somebody's credit, we would notify you and we would give you information. And I thought, okay, well, what kind of information? Well, it gets uh, it gets a little invasive, Sandy, because they give they give people's names, people's FICOs, people's phone numbers, email addresses, and all that. So that that to me is not. I and I turned it down. I said no. I'm I'm not interested in that. So right away you're calling somebody and say, oh, uh, I guess you're shopping for a mortgage or you're shopping for this. How can I help you? So I would caution people that now our loan officers are going to tell you when we do a hard pull. And so you need to know that. So, but bear in mind, uh, the bureaus are selling these trigger leads to lots of companies and you may very well get phone calls or emails from these other companies. To me, that was not right. I, I, I think, I think the bureaus need to have more, uh, more, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's right that they can sell that information to somebody. So we um, do not buy trigger leads, and but at the same time, our loan officers know what's going to happen. So we caution our listeners that you could get phone calls from anywhere and everywhere about people wanting to sell you a mortgage. Well, that that's, in my opinion, that that's just not right. You were searching for a word there, and I guess you couldn't call it unethical because that suggests illegality right and it's not quite illegal but maybe unethical is the right way to put it because you're right it sounds like an invasion of privacy to me and we all get calls yeah Uh, our names get out there and we're getting calls and 95 to 99.9 percent of them are bogus and sometimes it will pop up potential spam. Well, I know for a fact that's that's potential spam. In fact, I don't answer those calls. And most of the time I will go into my phone after the call and block the caller. So it doesn't come to me frequently. So I, I think it is unethical. I, I think the bureaus should not be able to do that. Um, 
and maybe somebody needs to pass a law that they shouldn't be able to do that because it's kind of an evasion of privacy when you get all these calls and a lot of people, a lot of lenders or mortgage companies buy these trigger leads and they're going to call and, you know, your phone is going to blow up. So I, I would caution people that you don't need to take those calls. And, and after the call is done, you can go into your phone and just block it so you don't get any more because they will consistently call you. And that, that's, that's my opinion. That's not right. We have a lot to talk about today, and we'll get back to credit in just a few moments and the highs and lows of credit and what people can do to fix those scores. We've not talked about that in a while. I know we have on numerous occasions in the past brought in guests to talk about credit restoration, but uh, it's still, for you, a situation by which People who can't get loans at 610, even 619, anything below 620, it's a chore. And even with your recent merger and the partnership that's developed from that, you can still do the things you always did in that regard. So I want to give people a chance to hear you once again here, maybe for the first time in 2023, talk about uh, those subjects and what might be the right amount of credit and what might be, if there is any such thing, as too much credit. I think there could be. Okay, and we'll let you explain that as we continue with the SCL Mortgage Show, Sandy Clough, Larry Jager of SCL Mortgage. And again, the phone number 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. Stay with us. The SCL Mortgage Show continues, and the phone number 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. And we'll tell people, first of all, the website's constantly being updated. Yes. And uh, particularly mm-hmm. since the merger. Is there anything that's new or different about your website? Uh, there is, absolutely, Sandy. Um, when people go to our, our website, uh, and by the way, our website is still the same. It's still myspecialmortgage.com. <clears throat> but when you go to it, you'll see on all the pages, it says Luminate Home Loans. Right. And that's our partner, Luminate Bank. So Luminate has a home loan division, which we are a part of. So you'll see that all over the site. And we had to run it through uh, extra compliance because banks are, excuse me, but banks are very regulated by the FDIC. Yeah. So we had to make sure that 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 website and all of our printed material and all that would uh, withstand all the FDIC's uh, scrutiny. And we did, in fact. In fact, uh, Carrie did a very good job on it. So all we had to do was add a few pieces Illuminate home loans, and um, but everything else is still the same. And you're right, Sandy. We didn't lose any programs. Actually, we gained a few programs through uh, through our bank with lot loans and single family construction loans, and we sometimes have portfolio loans that if a bank um, sees a, a a reason to do this loan. Maybe it's a good FICO. Maybe it's a good loan to value. Maybe all these uh, things about the loan, the bank has the ability to put it on their shelf. 
and it's a good loan. It, it services. Everybody makes the payment. So we have portfolio loans these days, which are, are really good. But to, to your question, Sandy, you asked about being able to help people below a 600 FICO or below a 620 FICO where a lot of banks will, will not go there. So we do have that ability. Um, and we also have the ability to do a manual underwrite. Sometimes when we input a file into um, what we call AUS, Automated Underwriting System, if we don't get an approved eligible, maybe we get a refer or maybe we get something, then one of our underwriters can take the file and say, okay, maybe there's a reason why we didn't get an approved eligible because of this or because of that. So we have the ability to manual underwrite it, and if it's a good file, then we're going to go ahead and close it. So we, uh, <clears throat> we, we kept all of our programs, uh, still able to help people down to a 580 FICO, and in some cases, we gained even more programs. So it's, it's, it was a beautiful merger in, in, uh, in our eyes. Uh, back to credit for a second. What are the highs and lows of credit, and what can people do to fix, improve yep. those scores? Okay. So – you know, if you Google it, you will see, or even if you Googled the three bureaus, you would see between 350 and 850. Now, I've been doing this for, gosh, 35 years, and an 850, we'll see it once in a while, but not too often. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a very, very high score. And hopefully, we never see a 350. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a 350. That would mean that you don't pay anybody. And you never, ever will pay anybody. So, um, you know, we're able to help people down to a 580 FICO score. And sometimes there's there are reasons why that happens. Maybe you missed a, a department store credit card. Or maybe you missed that payment. And, and it could have a pretty severe effect on your credit. Maybe 60 points or 50 points or whatever. So, like I said, sometimes there's reasons to do a loan, even though the credit score got hampered a little bit. So, you know, um, obviously, I, I one of our loan officers called me this week and said, we have this file. It's a, it's a um, I think it was a 525 FICO. And she said, well, do you think we can do this file because it's got this a- attribute and that attribute? And I said, you know, send me the credit report. Let me, let me take a look at it. And I, I had to say, no, not, not right now. Maybe if this person, you know, would go to Riverstone Law or or places like that where they can advise them and, and fix their credit, maybe then. But right now there were some some real lates on that credit report, it, which is why the credit report is at 525 or 5, 540. So, um, you know, it's so, so important to me uh, for people to constantly look at their credit and do everything you possibly can to get those scores up. And there's always things we can do, always things that the, the customer can do. Because when, when we pull a credit, Sandy, we see the FICO scores, and then we also see a number, maybe it's 5 or 15 or 25 or whatever, of potential improvement. So there in itself is a tip on how you can improve your credit. And it could be... Uh, gosh, it could be any any number of things. It could be if you paid this credit card down a little bit or if you um, 
don't have some authorized user on the credit report. Lots of different reasons. But to me, FICO scores are extremely important. And, you know, if you've got a FICO score of, say, 750, you're going to get the very best interest rates, the best of everything. But if you have a FICO score of 580 or 590, people perceive that as a riskier loan. And then you're actually going to have to pay a little bit more. So to me, it's vitally important to keep your credit scores high. And according to um, Colorado law, you can get a free copy of your credit report each and every year. So there's lots of reasons to keep your credit scores high. I suppose you can tell me what's the right amount of credit. Where is the sweet spot? Is it 750 or maybe 720 where, where you're pretty close to getting everything yeah. for all intent? And you can easily go from 720 to 750, I would think. Uh, if you can. You wanted to. Yeah. Um, and is there such a thing? And you apparently think there is as too much credit. You said you never seen an eight fifty. Uh, would eight ten or eight fifteen have any downside to it? I, I've seen those scores. I, I have. I, fa- I was over eight hundred for a while. I'm not now, but I was for for a while. Yeah. What would possibly be the downside of having well that good a credit score? Uh, actually, none. There's there's none. Okay. You know you could. There, but you could have uh, too many accounts, too many accounts with mortgage or I'm sorry, with balances on sure. them. So, you know, it's very tempting if you go into a department store, they always want to give, <laughs> give you a credit card. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you could save 30 percent today right. or 20 percent or whatever. I, I, I get a kick out of you go in and, and you spend whatever, $100. Oh, good for you. You save $200. Really? How did I how did I do that? But if you put it on our department store credit card, we're going to give you 30% off. Well, they know that if you take that credit card, you're probably going to keep it and you're probably going to charge on it, and that can take your credit score down a little bit. I my opinion, if if you have a mortgage, um obviously pay it on time. And if you have a if you're renting, a uh, lot of um, landlords these days, or the building, will report how you pay your mortgage. So it's ob- uh, how you pay your rent. So it's obviously very important that you pay that. Well, it's important that you pay every single thing. But my point is, Sandy, I the best credit reports I've ever seen could include a mortgage, maybe a car payment, and one or two trade lines, like a, a Visa or a MasterCard. Or or um, American Express, maybe. Or um, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? Discover, uh, maybe. Yes, exactly. Discover. Discover's a great card. I, I, I don't have... <clears throat> Excuse me. I agree. I, I, I do. I don't have... It is a great card. Yeah. They're, they're, they've got it they're figured really out. They're really on top of things. <clears throat> and I anything think... that even remotely appears to be fraudulent, they're right on it. They're right on it, yeah. And you got to have a good credit, cor- good credit score to get a Discover card. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I have um, actually three credit cards, and um, one is kind of in the safe. I don't, I don't uh, use right, it very right. often. So you have three, but you use two. I use two, and I kind of switch them out. I'll use one this month and one the next exactly. month. and yeah. So you think that's wise, by the way, to, I do. to go back and forth maybe? I do. 
Or if you want to carry them both, you put a little on this one and a little on that one, and when the bill comes due, pay it off, right? you you got to pay it off. But don't zero it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to zero it out. FICO scores like to see a running balance of not too much, but a little bit. And But what they don't like to see is high balances on your credit cards. That can really, really drag your score down. So um, <clears throat> there, there's a lot to think about, and there's a lot to know about that. And if, if you guys, uh, our listeners, want to give us a call, we know, we know credit very, very well, so we can, we can answer. I, I guess in theory it's possible that you can have bad credit even if you're fairly wealthy. <laughs> that's that's right. FICO scores don't know <laughs> if you're wealthy or not wealthy, right? <laughs> and I've seen, gosh, I've seen so many credit reports over the years, uh, Sandy, that I've seen people that have applied with us and are, are you know, appear, appear that they're very wealthy, but they may not have good credit. And some people just, sometimes we suggest you need to have somebody pay your bills for you. <laughs> and there's lots of companies out there that would do that. And sometimes they just forget or, or it's not really that important to them. So obviously when that, fortunately in my house, my wife pays all the bills and she's like a clock on it. She just, nothing, nothing gets away from her. So I don't know if you pay the bills in your house, Andy. Well, or when you get them, you pay them. And exactly. I didn't always do that until I met you. Oh, really? And now I always do it, yeah. even even if it's weeks before the deadline. Yeah. Because I'm, if you cross that deadline, even by a day or two, people can do funky things. Yeah, you, you don't want to get too close. What if the mail, you know, the mail takes a long time to get there these days? Absolutely. So you so don't want. Give it want, a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Or you can even pay it online sure. um, through your bank, and it's very secure and all that stuff. So, um yeah, um, FICO scores don't know if you're rich or poor or anywhere in the middle. So it's uh, it just absolutely pay your bills all the time. Is there a certain age range during which time people would tend to have the best credit scores? In oh, interesting question. You know, um, yeah, actually, I, I do know about that. And I don't know how, well, I guess I do know how the bureaus found that out because they look at credit scores of probably younger people. They look at credit scores of uh, people that are maybe a little bit older. But the average, the best credit score happens to be at about 50 to 60 years old. I mean, actually less than that, 55 to 60 years old. So it's about 57, 57 and a half. For, um, and they've done the research. They know all that. And, and I guess people that are 57 <laughs> pay their bills um, more or better and um, have the best scores. But I would say, you know, I, I our three kids, I, I know them and know them very well. And they we have one that's 24, one that's 27, one 32. They all have excellent, excellent credit. So we I guess we taught them well. I heard a while back that a black card from American Express is the best of the best. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> you know, I would say, yeah, I, if you, if you were ever to Google that American Express or, or the black card, you have to have really, really stellar credit to have that black card. But <clears throat> in my opinion, I don't, I don't need a black card. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I turn all that stuff down. 
I do too. It normally has a, a fairly hefty annual fee, and then maybe you get all these perks and right. this and that. But right. you know, I to me, I don't need it. I've got the credit cards I use. I've been paying them forever. They all have a high limit, and I I don't go to the high limit. Right. But right. but I don't need that. Maybe. Um, Maybe there's people in Vegas that want that black card. I, I don't know. But but in my opinion, you don't need it. And why pay the annual fee? And, yeah, they seem to say it's – American Express is very proud of that. But I don't know how many people have that. Sandy Clef, Larry Trigger of SCL Mortgage. And the SCL Mortgage Show continues. Stay with us. Back for one of our favorite segments. Many times our favorite segment. Yes. Customer emails. A weekly staple. Uh, here on the SCL Mortgage Show, Sandy Clef with Larry Jager. The phone number to call, 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. And, uh, Larry, you have, uh, once again, a fresh batch of emails. Correct. All of which you've received within the last week. Uh, we have, Sandy. And I look at the um, look at the email dates on it and all of this week. So uh, our first one is from Mark, who said... Uh, I'm interested in a HELOC for the self-employed. Email is the best. So absolutely, we'll communicate with you, uh, Mark, via email. And we do have a HELOC for self-employed people. So um, it's it's similar to our bank statement loan for self-employed people. So we do look at the bank statements on it. And the guidelines are um, are very similar to that. And we get a fair amount of inquiries and emails on this subject, Sandy. But, you know, for people that are self-employed, you may not show a lot of income on your tax returns. So we look at your bank statements, and that's how we're able to offer you a HELOC. So uh, I'm glad you called, uh, Mark. I appreciate that. Um, okay, this is from James, who said, Looking for mortgage lending options, 100% self-employed, have been for seven years with various businesses. Okay, so um, self-employed, we will probably use your bank statements. And that's okay if you have more than one business, if you've got two or three or whatever the case. We can look at bank statements from all of your businesses, and maybe we don't need all of them. Maybe we do one or two or whatever the case is, but absolutely we can, um, we can look at that. And, uh, even if you own more than one business. So thanks James, we appreciate the email. Um, okay. This came from David who said, looking to buy a third rental. First two are W2'd. Uh, oh, his wife is W2'd. So the first two are probably in, in her name. And I would look, like to finance the third rental through me, which, as you know, um, as a self-employed person, it's complex. Well, <laughs> we know how to do that. This is like eighth year plus we've been we've been doing that. So we're I like to think we're pretty good at it. So he goes on to say, "Is um, we do all right uh, as um, as an earner, but I'm also considering other options." So. Um, <clears throat> So it's going to depend on your tax returns, uh, David. If we if we can find enough income on your tax returns, then we would use that. But if we can't, you're not out of luck. We'll we'll take a look at your bank statements, and maybe you can buy that rental just uh, with 
with your bank statements. But also I would tell you that we have something called a DCSR. It's called debt service coverage ratio. So maybe we don't have enough income on the tax returns. And maybe for whatever reason, you don't want to use your, your bank statements. Well, we have this program for buying rental real estate that we don't have to see any of that. All we look at is the rental income on that property. And if that rental income exceeds the payment by just $1, you're good to go. So we got a lot of options for you. So uh, thanks, David. I appreciate the email. Okay, this one, Sandy, came from Troy. He said, Sandy and Larry, since I have heard you merged with a bank, do you have any portfolio bank products? Oh, that's very perceptive. Uh, We talked about that just a minute ago. Yes, we did not lose any programs uh, from our bank merger. In fact, we gained a few more. So, yes, we do have bank portfolio products that if a, if a loan warrants it and if for some reason there it doesn't qualify for a traditional loan, the bank may very well put it on their books. Now, we, we do need a 700 FICO for that and... Um, Sometimes there's there's good reasons for that. So good uh, good question, uh, Troy. We appreciate that. So, okay, this one came from Delilah, who said, "My husband said he heard you, you your show last week, and wondered if you could give us a call about construction loans." Absolutely, we can, and we can do that in Colorado, and we can do that in in now forty eight states around the country. We can offer lot loans, and we can offer single-family construction loans. So absolutely we can. And thank um, thank you and your husband for listening to our show. Um, okay, this came from Mason, who said, I own a lot, free and clear. I want to build four duplexes on it. Is that something you can do? And then when the home is completed, then turn it into a permanent loan. Yes, absolutely we can, Mason. Thank you for that email. So good for you. You've got a lot which will accommodate four duplexes, or I'm, I'm sorry, four, four uh, let me see the email again. Oh, four duplexes on that. So yes, absolutely. Whether it's a duplex, triplex, fourplex, whatever it is, we can do the construction and then turn that into a permanent loan. Okay, uh, this came from Nicholas, who said, oh, boy, we got a lot of uh, construction loans emails. Do you offer construction loans? We're looking to build our home and would need a construction loan, then term it in, turn it into a permanent mortgage. So, Nicholas, this is very similar to uh, our last email, uh, although you're wanting to build your own home. In the other case, it was building uh, rental properties. So, we do have that ability, and uh, we thank you for your email. I'm sure a loan officer has already gotten a hold of you. So, um, okay. Then, Sandy, I have another one from our uh, Elliot Eisenberg, our bowtie economist. He, um, we, I get his, um, his blog every, every day. And this one's titled, I thought this was really interesting. He said, Rocking Rentals. He said, in uh, Q4 of 22, for the first time since 1974, when data became available, the number of housing units built for rent uh, exceeded the number of single families built for sale. So it's like 126 versus 133,000. So 
This was really interesting to me. The only time this number uh, was was inverted was during uh, 1982 and ni- or 2008 when we had the recession. So that says to me that there are a very substantial need for houses. If we're building more houses that are for rent and less for occupancy, uh, a single family that you put a mortgage on, that that that's very interesting to me. I think Sandy, maybe we should we should buy a plot of land and we should build a bunch of single families that, that we that we could sell because there's a there's a demand out there, right? Sounds so, that way. Yes, sounds that way. Uh, that's terrific. We got through all the emails uh, this week that uh, Larry brought with him. Thank you to Mark, James, David, Troy, Delilah, Mason, Nicholas, and of course Elliot. Eisenberg, always with words of wisdom. We've had Elliot on the program before, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a font of information. When we come back, we'll be talking about SBA loans for self-employed people and perhaps even for some people who aren't self-employed as we continue with the SCL Mortgage Show. Sandy Clough, Larry Jager of SCL Mortgage. Stay with us. As we continue now with the SCL Mortgage Show, we broadcast every weekend on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fans, Saturday mornings between 7 and 8, and on ESPN AM 1600 on Sunday. On Sunday. We've added that show. We've added that uh, particular show, and uh, starting uh, in March, I believe, people will be able to listen if they miss out or they aren't clear on something that has been uh, uh, conveyed on Saturday, uh, tune back in on Sunday. And, of course, uh, you go to the website and you have the podcasts of Absol- all the yeah. shows we've done for almost six years now. It's true, Sandy. That There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of good data out there. There's a lot of guests that we've had on over almost six years now. And, um, yeah, you can see them on our website. You can see it on the fans' uh, website. If you go to the fan, it's simply click on podcasts and scroll down to the SEL Mortgage Show that with you and I do, and they're all there. And, and they are labeled, <clears throat> if, excuse me, if there's something that you have an interest in or, or want to tell what is in the podcast, they're all labeled so you'd be able to see that. 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. Last week, Larry, you were talking about SBA loans for self-employed folks and even those who aren't self-employed. Uh, we did. And you know what, Sandy? We uh, we partnered with an SBA lender to be able to offer those because I thought, you know, when we started this show almost six years ago, we thought there may be a need for bank statement loans for self-employed people. Well, as it turns out, there was much more than a need. There were a lot of people who wanted SBA. Much more of a need than even you anticipated. Much, much more. I did not realize there were that many self-employed people in Colorado and, and in the entire state. So, so we thought this would be a good thing with all these self-employed people and even people who aren't self-employed that want to start a business. They want to buy a franchise. They want to do whatever. So SBA does not does not discriminate between employed people and, and self-employed people. So we thought it would be really good to offer this program through this particular um, SBA lender 
And by the way, they are what's called a preferred lender. SBA has differences. You're either a preferred or or not a preferred, which is there's different things about it. But we chose to uh, offer the SBA financing with a preferred lender. And these guys really, really know what they're doing. In fact, in the not-so-distant future, Sandy, we'll have somebody on from um, from that bank. We look forward to that. Uh, yeah. And perhaps the very near future, uh, if I know you, you're uh, pretty efficient <laughs> in uh, getting uh, these people on. Because uh, you gave your extension out last week, and I'm wondering if you got any calls. Uh, you know what, Sandy, That that's I'm, I'm glad you asked me that because – Normally, when we talk about something on the radio, I get calls or we get emails or we um, like today, we've been able to offer single family construction loans for for a number. Well, a couple of months now. So all, we talk about it and we got calls. We got three emails today, I think, over this week. And and actually, I got two calls this past week. Um, we set our number, which is the same as, as always. My extension is 100. And we got some calls, and it was it was pretty cool because we talk about it, people listen, and they call. So um, yeah, it was um, it w- it was really good. I was excited to hear that, and and again, it tells me that there's a lot of people out there that are looking at SBA loans, and SBA loans right now are are have pretty good rates. They're on very it, so. uh, good rates. And, they are, and, and for that reason, quite popular. That that's exactly right. I didn't know prior to this this um, partnering with this bank that how many SBA loans are done every year in the country, and there are a lot. In fact, the bank that we partnered with is able to do loans in in all fifty states or or forty nine states rather. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a. I'm glad we offered it. I'm glad we can can um, offer it to our customers, and it's it's a very good thing. And again, uh, to reinforce the point you were just making, uh, these SBA loans can be used by quite a few people. They can. Absolutely. You don't have to be self-employed. Maybe that's maybe there's more people that are self-employed using right. them. Right. But if you are a W-2 person with a pay stub and you want to maybe you want to um start a franchise or maybe you want to uh, gosh, any number of things, Sandy. You can. There's um, SBA can be used for business acquisition or partner buyouts. Uh, they can be used to purchase commercial real estate. Uh, SBA loans can go up to ten million dollars. There's two different programs, Sandy. One is a is a seven A, and the other is a five O four. Now, the five O four can go up to ten million dollars, and the seven A can go up to five million dollars, which that's that's a lot of money, but if your business warrants it, or if there's something you want to do with that SBA loan, uh, whether it's equipment financing or working capital or or debt refinancing, if you currently have something that you want to refinance, you can do that as well. So I would, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I would strongly encourage you to give us a call, and we can talk more about it in in depth. So uh, again, you, much as you did. In January of 2015, when you were focused on an inadequately served portion of the marketplace, right. self-employed people, thought they were underserved. And in this case, you've got a similar motivation 
around these SBA loans. A- ab- absolutely, we do because you know a lot of banks. Well, banks may or may not offer SBA loans. They probably would talk to you about a, a, a conventional loan, but banks' guidelines are a, a little hard to qualify for on conventional financing. And if they don't offer SBA loans, SBA loans are a little easier to qualify for than traditional bank products. So, you know, the same thing applies. Maybe it's a little higher loan to value, or maybe maybe your credit score is good, but it's not that great. But doesn't mean you can't still qualify for an SBA loan. So it kind of serves the same purpose as when we offered bank statement loans for self-employed people back in 2000 and actually January of 2015. So I think this this SBA loans that we're now offering serve um, kind of a, a little bit different purpose, but at the same time, a, a purpose for um, helping people get financing. So I'm, I'm super excited about this. So it's going to be good for all of our listeners. We uh, talked a little about the Nuggets last week. And, of course, uh, last week was All-Star break weekend. So right. there weren't any games scheduled. So uh, the Nuggets, uh, of course, back in action uh, this week once again. But uh, seemingly locked into first place in the Western Conference, which right. would be virtually unprecedented. As an achievement uh, uh, for the Nuggets, I don't think in all their NBA years they've ever had the best record in the Western Conference. But we know, I think we may have mentioned this last week, that they got to 40 wins this year right. faster than they've ever gotten to 40 wins, at least as an NBA franchise. So things are well with the Nuggets. And we talk about the Avs, where considering all the injuries and the fact that they're the defending champions, so there's going to be a target on their back on most For sure, teams. yeah. Anyway, I think they've done remarkably well to be in the playoff position. They seem to be fairly solidly occupying right now, but the chance for advancement is there relative to most of the other teams in the NHL. The Avalanche haven't played a lot of games. They've had a weird schedule lately where they get these back-to-back games and then they don't play again for four or five days. Right, right. Case this past week. Uh, where they played on Saturday in St. Louis and on Sunday afternoon back here, rare back-to-back afternoon mm-hmm. games. But uh, TV uh, had its uh, a wish on Sunday with Edmonton and the Avalanche, who are, uh, at least in the Western Conference, probably the two most exciting teams to watch. And uh, uh, we got a 6-5 to five game that the Avalanche happened to rally and win right, right. in overtime on a goal by Miko Rantanen. So as they start to get healthier, the only fly in the ointment seems to be that Kale McCarr has suffered two concussions I know. in the last 11 days. And that really worries me and should worry anybody. A lot of people. Because uh, two concussions, uh, we all know after you get the first one, the second one comes faster. Yeah. And then the third one, if there is one, that comes faster still. And now he's on to uh, concussion protocol, protocol once right, again inside right. of two weeks uh, for a second time. And I thought both shots he got hit with were cheap shots, but it just shows you you can have all the protection in the world. Um, once you have that first one, you're vulnerable for a second one. 
fairly quickly. And these these cheap shots come, I mean, they're fast and they're hard and, and go to the head, and that's uh, that's risky. It's it, really it risky. It is very risky, and I think the concussion problem in the NHL is virtually as acute as it is in the National Football League. I, I would say so as well. Trying to devise helmets to protect players, position design mm-hmm. to protect players with different types of helmets depending on the position you play. Uh, I don't know what more they can do in hockey except to um, encourage people to respect the game by respecting their competitors <laughs> right, right. And, and not taking uh, intentional high shots uh, at them. Uh, they're they're going to be accidents. It's uh, much yeah. like football. It's a collision sport. It's not just contact. They're major collisions. collisions. And these guys are going faster than they've ever gone before. Bigger, but, faster, quicker. You know, assuming they're healthy by playoff time, sounds like Landis Gog will be back around then. Uh, Eric Johnson has a broken ankle, but uh, uh, there uh, uh, may be uh, uh, an upside uh, in all of that. We will uh, – uh, no more about that, I guess, as the trade deadline uh, approaches here uh, during this coming week. But, Larry, as always, it's been a pleasure to have you on with us. Thanks, and Andy. we will visit again next weekend. We will. Look forward to it. Look Thank you. Look forward to it. Thank you. This has been the SCL Mortgage Show, myspecialmortgage.com, 303-790-2222. We will see you next weekend with more on the SCL Mortgage Show. Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 